2 Timothy 3, 10-17. I'm going to read these and then we'll pray. It says, You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. We pray that you'd help us as we look into it this morning, that we would understand it, that we would grow in your grace, and we pray, God, that you would, you would watch over us as we meet together, and that, and that your spirit would apply your truth to our hearts. We are depending upon you for these things. In Christ's name, amen. Last week, we talked about fakers, about um, Paul... Paul says they have, in verse 5, the appearance of godliness, but they deny its power. These are people who are, most of the time, they they belong even to church. They they show up at church a lot, um, but but they have rotten theology, and it shows up in their rotten behavior. They're fakers, Paul says. This is what he was talking about in verses 1-9. through These these, uh, fakers. They have the appearance of godliness, but they deny its power. I want to stop and say something right now. Um, And I just added it to my notes about two minutes ago. Um, But I I want you to just just think with me for a minute. Um, There are a lot of reasons we show up at church. People People can just go to church for a lot of reasons. And I, I don't want to, a bit, because the thing is, like, you could come to church every week and just kind of be a nice person and, and even help out here and there and even give your money. And it's just, a, it's just a nice thing that you do and you feel good about doing it. And a lot of your friends do it. And so you just, it's just a thing that you do. I want to stop and just, I want to ask you this morning, And I want you to ask yourself, have you believed the Gospel? Are you trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you personally understand that that you have sinned against the God that that created you? And, and, And you are... If you're not trusting in Jesus, you're... You're under His wrath. He's he's going to punish you in hell forever after you die because of your sin. And it's it's His right to do so. Because He is so holy and so glorious. And He created you. 
And we have all rebelled against them. Have, have you personally believed that that's the condition that you are in and that you need a Savior and Jesus Christ is your only hope? When He, when he died on the cross, that, that that death was sufficient. It was enough to pay for your sins so that you could be forgiven by the God that you have offended and so that you can be brought into the family of God. And so when you die on this earth, you won't have to go to hell and be punished by God. Instead, you'll be with the God who created you. You'll be with Him forever. It's important that we stop and that we think about that. Because I don't want you just to be a part of First Baptist Church and just live your life as a part of First Baptist Church. It's one of, those, one of the things that you do. But you've never believed the Gospel. I... Uh, we when we when we decided to um, because I always I always say almost every sermon I say if you want to talk more about this um, come find me and we'll talk and and I just I, I think of myself as this person who just yells for forty five minutes and invites someone to have a nice conversation with them and um, so one of the reasons that we we um, hired. Colin, as an associate pastor, is because he's strong in areas where I'm weak. Now, he's not strong in all of the areas that I'm weak, because that would be impossible, right? So he's not Superman, but he's... um, So you know how some people are organized and some people are nice, right? It's usually the organized people, they're uptight and they're not nice. Have you noticed that? If they're really organized, they're, they're pretty grouchy. And then you have the nice people, they're not very organized. The problem with me is I'm neither, right? Like... I'm not organized and I'm not nice. So I just, I don't really bring much to the table in that. And, uh, and so we, 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 we brought Colin on because he's organized and he's nice. He'll have a nice conversation with you about the gospel. It'll be true, but he'll sit there and he'll be nice and he'll talk all of your questions. So I, I invite you to find him. He's just kind of roaming around making sure his kids aren't burning the place down after church. Find him and talk to him about it. There's, there's nothing more important. There's just not. There's just not anything more important. If the reason that you don't is because you don't want to look silly, that's, that's a terrible reason. It's not worth it. Let's talk about it. Um, it's, there's nothing more important. Now, Paul is going to say to Timothy here, Paul is going to say to Timothy, I know, Timothy, that you are not one of these fakers. I know that you're in. I know that your faith is real. And he's going to say, I know that you not only want to follow Jesus, but you want to help other people follow Jesus as well. I know this is what you want. This is what he says in verse 10. He says, you, however, you're different than the fakers. You're different than the false teachers. You're, You're different. You are... You're the real deal, Timothy. I know you are, Paul says to him in verse 10. You, however have followed my teaching. Um, and then, but what he's going to say down in verse 14, and so really today, we're not even going to get to verses 14 through 17. I, I, I realized about halfway through the week this week that 10 through 13 is going to be plenty. So we're not even really going to look at 14 through 17 today, but I want to show you sort of the, the key verse to this whole passage 
Verse 14, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed. And so what Paul is saying to Timothy, he's saying, Timothy, you have started out strong and you have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith. He says, you have done great, Timothy. Now keep going. Continue. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't stop. Don't give up. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at verses 10 through 13, and we're just going to see seven of the ways that Paul wants Timothy to keep going. He's saying, you followed in these ways, I need you to keep following. Paul's going to give Timothy a list. Paul's going to give Timothy a list. Paul is helping me out. I have a hard time writing outlines for my sermons. Paul just gave me the outline. He just gave me the outline. He says, Steve, you don't have to be creative. You just, you just say what I said and we'll be fine. Alright? So Paul's giving Timothy a list. He's saying, here's the ways that you followed me. Keep going. You followed me as I follow Christ. Um, 1 Corinthians 11, I believe, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And Paul says to Timothy, you've done that. I followed Christ and you followed me. Now keep going. Keep going. Here's a list. Seven things. And it's important before we jump into these seven things to realize that this isn't just for Timothy. Verse 12 is going to say, this is for all who desire to live a godly life. All who desire to live a godly life. If, if you are a Christian, if you are a disciple of Jesus who wants to make more disciples, if you are, if you are a Christian who wants to invite more people to be Christians and you want them to trust and follow Jesus as well, if that's who we are, that's who we should be, This list is for all of us. We have to understand that before we jump into it. And we also have to understand that this list isn't a a buffet. Like you, you can't just grab the stuff off the list that you like and leave the rest of it. These are all essentials. These are all necessities. Um, I'm not a mechanic. Not even, not even close. Like I'm not any, no one would ever mistake me for a mechanic. But I do know that that just because like my steering wheel is working well, that doesn't mean that my 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 brakes are unnecessary. Like I need both of those. I need a steering wheel and I need brakes. I need both of them. If I have plenty of gas in the car but my battery is dead, the gas doesn't really help me. So I we this is how we have to look at this list. This is not just you can take the stuff that you want. This is we need all of them. We need all of these things on this list. doesn't matter how strong you are in one or two of them if you don't have the others. And this is for all of us. So let's look at it here. Paul is going to say to Timothy, you have followed me in these ways. Let's keep going. Number one, number one, the first thing on the list, first way you followed me, Timothy, my teaching. Keep going. Follow my teaching. Verse First item in verse 10, you, however, have followed my teaching. This is the first essential that Paul mentions. You have to have the clear teaching of the Word of God. We need the Gospel as it is, as it is relayed to us in the, in the Word of God. If you are going to be a, a disciple that makes disciples, then you have to be a lifelong learner. You have to make it your lifelong pursuit to understand more and more of what the Word of God says and what it means and how we apply it to our lives. If you're going to be a disciple who makes disciples, then you have to take the opportunities that come your way to learn the Word of God, 
to sit under the teaching of God's Word. Follow my teaching, Paul says. The next thing he says, number two, follow my conduct. He follows up teaching in verse 10 with my conduct, my lifestyle, my behavior, how I live my life. And this is where we, we see right away, like you, you, you gotta have a steering wheel and brakes. Doesn't matter how well you steer, you don't have brakes, you're, you're, you're headed for a disaster. It's the same way with following Jesus. You have to have the teaching of the Word of God and you have to have a holy lifestyle. You have to have good conduct. Dads, think with me for a second. Just dads, just just think with me about your children. Do, Do you want your children to someday be the kind of dad that you are right now? Being a dad is way more than just telling people what to do. It's showing them. Are you showing your sons what it looks like to be a good husband? Are you showing your children what it looks like to be a good church member? Are are we showing them what it looks like to lead in, in devotions and in prayer and in love for Christ? Paul, Paul says you have to have both. You have to have the teaching of the Word of God and you have to have a, a lifestyle that backs it up. You have to. We have to. We can't just bring our families to church and hope for the best. They have to see it in our lives. It's nowhere near enough just to acknowledge the truth. We have to live it in front of the people we care about. We have to show people what it like, looks like to, to love others and to love Jesus. Number three, Paul says, follow my aim in life. That's the third thing that's, that, that he mentions there in verse 10. My aim in life. Which means his goal, his purpose. The followers of Jesus Christ have a common goal. Common aim in life. So Paul would say, Timothy, you have to have the same aim I have, which is, which is more and more people turning from their sins and trusting in Christ alone and following Him. It's, it's rebels being converted to worshipers for the glory of God. It's so that Christ would be known and worshipped. That God's family would grow for the sake of His fame and for the sake of joy for peoples everywhere. In short, the, the advance of the Gospel. That's our goal. I have all kinds of goals that cloud my mind, that become way too important to me, that 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 make the the advance of the gospel kind of shrink into the background in my mind. We want our children to be successful. We want to make enough money. We want nobody to bother us. We want nobody to to dislike us. We have these goals in our lives that, that that inform all of our decisions. Paul says, disciple makers have to have a common goal. The advance of the Gospel. If we have, if we have the, the love for the Word of God and we have a holy life, but we don't care if people... If we don't care if people around us follow Jesus, then we're doing it wrong. We're doing it wrong. We have to have Paul's aim in life. The advance of the Gospel. Then he says, follow my faith. It's the fourth item in verse 10. My faith. 
He says, you, you followed my faith in the past, Timothy. You have to keep going. You have to continue. And so maybe this morning, you're thinking, you know what? I can't be a better dad than I am. I am tapped out. I am exhausted. I can't be a better mom. I can't be a better spouse. I can't be a better neighbor. I can't be, I just, I can't be a better follower of Jesus. I can't learn any more Bible. I've learned all the Bible I can. I'm exhausted. I can't do it. I know I should be kinder. I know I shouldn't be so bitter. I know I shouldn't be, I know, I know my conduct should be better, but I'm, I'm tapped out. I'm done. I know, I know that the, that the goal of, of more and more people following Jesus should be preeminent in my life. It should be a big deal to me, but I don't know how to get there. I'm just trying to get through Monday. I'm just trying to keep my bills paid. I'm trying to find a car that'll work. Paul says this is where faith comes in. Because we can't. You're right. You are tapped out. You are tapped out. You can't make yourself a better learner, a better example. You can't make yourself more devoted to the Gospel. We can't fix ourselves by ourselves. This is why we have to be people of faith. We have to listen to the promises of Scripture that the Spirit of God works in us. He completes the work He's begun. He uses all things to make us more like Jesus. We are not alone. We are not struggling alone. If I am doing this by myself, then yes, I'm done. I can't do anymore. I'm spent. But I'm not alone. So we must depend upon God in prayer and in faith. Believe that He gives us the strength to live the way He's called us to live in His Word. Timothy said, Paul says, Timothy, you have to keep going in faith. This has got to be about dependence upon God. Then he says, follow my patience. My patience. And here Paul is referring specifically to patience with other people. He's going to talk about patience with, with how hard life is in a few minutes, but Paul here is referring to patience with other people. So like you've already realized this, right? If your big goal in life is to have the people that you love follow Jesus, trust Jesus, submit to the Word of God. If you, you've already felt this. If, if that's your big deal, if you've got like a, a child who's grown up in your house and they're an adult now and they just, they want nothing to do with Jesus and you want so desperately, you're praying so desperately and you're trying to talk to them, you want them to follow Jesus and they're not. You want them to trust Christ. You, you, you want them in and, and they're just not. And you, so you, and, and you have these people in your life that you care for and you want this. You're, you're, you already know. You have to be committed to the truth of God's Word. You have to be committed to godly conduct. You have to show them what it looks like to, to love God. And you're going to need to be a person of faith but then you're going to also need to be a person of patience. The work of God in people's lives is oftentimes slow. And so as we're caring for people, and we love people, we want to see the Gospel advanced, we need patience because we know everybody has, uh, they, they, everyone has different backstories, right? Everyone has their own set of struggles, their own sadnesses, their own worries. Everybody is facing fears and temptations and battles that we don't know anything about. I mean, you are, right? Aren't you? You came in this morning with your own private wars. Your own private struggles. The things you're worried or frustrated about. The things that are nagging at you. They're, they're, they're heavy on you, but you would feel foolish talking to anybody about them. 
trying to explain them. This is the boat that we are all in. If we're going to be disciples who make disciples, then we have to have patience. We have patience. He says, number six, follow my love. Follow my love. You, you have to be a person of patience and you have to be a person of love for other people. And I, we've seen this, haven't we? Over and over and over. Truth is transmitted through love. Truth is handled lovingly. People have, there have been many people in my life who have told me the truth. I think, of, um, I, think I mentioned a little bit last week too about my, when I was a youth pastor in North Carolina. Uh, like the years 2004 through 2008 or something like that. I was a youth pastor. Um, and, oh man, I was, I was a mess. I, and and I, there was these people in my life. And, and so there was, these, there, was, there was male volunteers in the youth group and there were female volunteers in the youth group. And I would just do, and I would just do and say, things that were ridiculous, that, that I should not have been saying. And I, I wasn't thinking about how I was being perceived, and I, I wasn't thinking about my, my, um, my example to the, to the youth. And I, I, I just, um, there, there are ways where I needed to be corrected. Almost every guy that was helping me out just laughed and said, oh, he'll sort it out someday, he'll be fine. I, I was the same when I was his age, you know, they, they didn't care. But there were, there were two or three women in the youth group that loved me, loved my family, loved those teenagers, and they would say, Steve, you, you can't say that. You, you can't say that. You, you cannot do that. That was an awful idea. You can't do that. But I knew that they, that they loved me. I knew they were for me. I knew they loved those teenagers. I knew they loved my family. It was, it was humbling, of course, and I was, a, I, was, I was an egomaniac, and so it was hard for me to hear it. But it was good for me, and it was way easier to accept the truth because it was it was transmitted with love. This is this is how it has to be for us. We have to love the people that we're people we're trying to disciple. We have to be people of love. And then finally, he says, "Follow my steadfastness." when you face persecutions and suffering. So I've, I'm combining the end of verse 10 and 11 through 13. Paul's making one big point here. and He's talking about his persecutions and his sufferings. He said, you have to follow my steadfast, my, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. He says, they, he says in all of those places, um, a couple of them, he, people threw rocks at him. One of them, they thought they, they killed him. He's run out of town. Um, and it was usually by people who said that they loved God. She says, I, I, I endured these persecutions. Yet from all, the Lord rescued me. He doesn't mean that it didn't hurt. It hurt really bad. But, he, but he's just saying, the Lord allowed me to continue to live and to move on and to minister in a different town. He says in verse 12, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. He says in verse 13, While evil people and imposters will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. He's, a, he's saying the fakers aren't going anywhere. It's, it's, it's not going to get better. It's, it's, it's going to get, as time goes by, it's going to get worse. 
He says they're, they're deceiving other people, but they themselves are deceived. They really think they're onto something. They're deceived and they're deceiving other people. And so persecution and suffering is just going to keep getting worse. He says, so if you're going to follow me, Timothy, you've already followed, you've already had a little bit of this persecution and suffering, you're going to have more. You're going to have to be steadfast. You're going to have to endure as you go through persecutions and suffering. Verse 12 is one of those just cut and dry verses that always makes me think. It always makes me stop and consider my own life. Because he says, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So chances are, if no one is against me, if I don't feel any opposition, if I don't feel like I'm being marginalized or ridiculed, if, there's, if I don't feel like I'm being left out or there's no one laughing at me behind my back, it could be, that probably means that I'm not really trying to make disciples. That I'm not out amongst people who don't believe trying to get them to believe. It could mean that I'm basically just hanging out with people that I know agree with me. We're going to live a godly life. If we're going to love people with the truth of the Word of God, if we're going to have godly conduct, we're going to be people of patience and love, we can be sure that even though it'll be different than Paul, people probably won't throw rocks at us and try to kill us, but it'll be noticeable. It'll be real. So we are, we are called to endure. I want you to look at verse 12 one more time. Because I want you to think with me. And maybe, maybe this is one of those sermons you're just like, you know what? Um... It's nice that it comes from the Bible, but I'm not really a person who makes disciples. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not really going to be much more godly than I am now. I'm not going to really be much more loving than I am now. I'm, I, I don't want to improve. Maybe you're thinking, maybe that's where you are this morning, and you're just honestly, you know what? I'm about where I'm going to be. I'm not going to improve. I hope that's not where you are. I found this... Passage convicting. I felt that as I read it and I thought about my own life, I don't measure up. I, I, I thought, you know what? God has more for me in, my, in His Word than I'm pursuing right now. I want, I want to be better. I want to be better. I want to know more and more of the truth of God's Word. I don't want to be satisfied. And, and, I, and I want to love people more. And, and, and I want to have much better conduct. I want to be a great example to my children, to my wife, to my neighbors. I want to show people what it looks like to follow Jesus with my life. I just want to be better. If you're there with me this, this morning, not that you want me to be better, and I'm not asking, I'm saying if you yourself want to be better. I don't want you talking about me. That's, i got enough of that. But if you yourself want to be better, but it's a little bit intimidating, I want you to look at verse 12 one more time. It says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life 
in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. All who desire to live a godly life, and then look at that phrase, in Christ Jesus. That phrase, in Christ Jesus, Paul doesn't throw away phrases. Paul doesn't throw away phrases. I'm almost done. This is a really short sermon. You guys lucked out today, all right? I'm almost done. I will probably be done by 11.30 if you, if you can just pay attention, all right? Paul doesn't throw away phrases. I throw away phrases. I, um, I say, I, I'm at my house, um, I say Merry Christmas all the time. I, it's, it's March now. I say it now. I'll say it in July. I say it in August. If my, my child asks for something, like to pass the salt, I pass it to them. I say Merry Christmas to them. Just, basically, just so that they'll roll their eyes at me. Um, whenever I change Haddon's diaper, I try to do it once a month. And, uh, and so uh, I change Haddon's diaper. I always say Merry Christmas. And she always says thank you. And so we just have this... We just have this thing. And so now she says, whenever Denise changes, um, you know, the other times in the month where she needs her diaper changed and and Denise changes it, she'll say to her mom, thank you. And so she's the only kid who's ever thanked us for changing her diaper. And I think it's because (laughs) I always always say Merry Christmas to her. And uh, so it's a throwaway phrase. You know, when when people find that Coke is on sale at Walmart and they say, praise Jesus. And in that moment, they're not praising Jesus. I mean, they're just saying it, right? We're just throwing it around. We're just throwing it around. Paul doesn't do that. When he says we are in Christ Jesus, he means we are in Christ Jesus. I want you to listen. I'm just going to read 10, 12 verses from Ephesians 1, and I want you to listen to all that we have because we are in Christ Jesus. Listen to how many times in Christ or in Him are in these verses. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We are in Christ, so we have every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. We've been chosen in Christ before before the world's foundation that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of His word, of His will according to His purpose which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having, be, being, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, which is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. In Him, in Him, in Him. Paul's not throwing this away. He's saying, you are in 
Christ Jesus. Which, because you are in Christ Jesus, you have salvation. You have every spiritual blessing. You have been chosen before the foundation of the world so that you will be holy and blameless. You have redemption. You have forgiveness. You have an inheritance. You are being sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. In Him. In Him. In Him. And since we have all of this in Christ, we are called to walk in Him. Colossians 2 says, Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. The way you received Him is just by faith. You just believed Jesus is Savior and Lord. You believed. He says, now walk in Him. You, you walk the same way you, you received. By faith in Jesus Christ. In Him. Rooted and built up in Him. And established in the faith. Just as you were taught. We are being built up for a life of discipleship. Second uh, Timothy calls it a godly life in Christ Jesus. Paul doesn't throw words away. You have all that God wants to give you in Christ. Ephesians 2 says, But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus right now in God's mind. So that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. God's God's riches coming down the pike to you. His grace, it's immeasurable. There's no way we can fathom how good eternity is going to be because we are in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His, listen to this, we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You have been created, made new in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5 says that if anyone is in Christ Jesus, they are a new creation. You are His workmanship. You are created in Christ Jesus for good works. So when you set out to follow Christ this week, when you set out to be, I want to be more serious about studying and learning the Word of God. I want to be more serious about, about godly conduct, about the advance of the Gospel, about being patient with others and loving others and enduring whatever persecutions and sufferings may come. As we set out to be more serious this week with all these things, we remember we are in Christ Jesus. This is not our own strength. This is not our own merit. We are being resourced by the King of everything who lived a perfect life and died the death that we should have died. He rose from the grave. He is right now interceding for us, pleading on our behalf. He is clothing us with His righteousness. He is preparing an eternal home for us. He is resourcing us right now, giving us the strength to live the life that He has called us to. I hope you've believed the Gospel. And if not, come talk to one of us. We will, we will talk with you about it. Try to answer any questions. Please believe the Gospel. And if you have, please understand, this is the Gospel you've believed. It's not just for receiving it. It is walking now. We are going to walk in it. Believing that Jesus Christ is all that we need. 
Let's live a godly life in Christ Jesus. Let's be disciples who make disciples. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for all that is in there. And we only got through a few verses today, and there's a lot more we could say. We thank you for just like the treasure, the treasure chest of truth that is there for us. And I look forward to next week when we get to when we get to think together about just how wonderful scripture is, how sufficient it is, the great gift that it is. Help us to believe, God. If we have believed the gospel, then help us to believe that we are in Christ Jesus. That we have all that you want for us. We have all that, that we need in Christ Jesus. So help us to remember. Help us to be thankful. Help us to walk in dependence upon Him. I pray, God, that we would more and more and more be, be disciples who make disciples. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.